5: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: All right, final hour of our NFL preview show tonight from the VEASAN studio inside the circuit sportsbook. Matt Humans and Scott Spreitzer, Sunday Bet Prep. Joined now by our fourth and final guest. We saved the best for last. That's what he says. Adam Hill of the Las Vegas Review-Journal, NFL writer and handicapper and circus survivor contestant. Scott, he's still alive. And that's uh, no small accomplishment, Uh, Adam, considering the circus survivor here started with over 6,000 entrants and is down to 1,550 going into week four. What teams did you use in the first three weeks?
6: Uh, I'm trying to think back. I know last week was a miracle. Uh, I had the Ravens <laughs> earlier. Last week was a miracle. Obviously, the Vikings were—they were a loser. I mean, for all intents and purposes, I was done. I was out, and I was actually, uh, obviously, covering the uh, the Raiders game in Tennessee and following along. And as I left to go to the locker room to talk to the uh, Raiders after the game, I said, "Well, Vikings lost, so I'm out." And then uh, somehow, some way. I, uh, I left the locker room. I came back, and uh, somebody had texted me that the Vikings had somehow won. So uh, kind of a miracle. But I do have the Packers left, so uh, I wanted to kind of get creative and try to find a way to go against it, but I, I got to go with it and just hope they survive and maybe play start playing some games with it in the next couple of weeks. But I'm going to stick with the safe one here.
2: Yeah, the Lions can uh, find ways to lose. So uh, you, you benefited from that. Dan Campbell, With uh, he, he's not a brain surgeon, that's for sure. Dan Campbell is a uh, – one of the worst game I like managers. Though, huh?
6: I like, though, that he he came out and said it, right? I mean, I, I like a coach that will come out and be like, I screwed that up. Like, yeah. I made the wrong decision. That was on me. And, um, look, you'd rather have him make the right decision. You'd rather have him do it right than have to apologize later. But I like when a coach can come out and say, look, I learned a lesson from that. That was the wrong decision, and I let my team down. And I, I, I like that from a coach.
2: Well, I like him because he, Scott, Dan Campbell's one of those guys who wears his emotions on his sleeve. That's a cliche, but he does. Yeah. That's what, and I do I, like that about him, but stop making the mistakes. <laughs> and some, I don't want to hear the apologies. Get it right. Well, not only that, get it right, but I also don't want
1: to see him wearing his emotions on his sleeve if he continues to lose all the time, you know, right. because at some point it becomes less effective. Uh, with the players of the locker room, Adam, I got to ask you real quick because I don't do Survivor. I, I just it's so much work on top of trying to beat the spread uh, every week. Are you at the point right now of the season where you're looking ahead? You're projected to see who's playing who. Can I, you know, save the Packers or save the Eagles or this that or the other for later in the season, or are you just looking to survive those first few weeks and worry about that down the road?
6: You have to uh, on some level, um, obviously because of the short weeks. If you kind of think about that, but I feel like in the past that's been my mistake. Um, of just planning too much. Of I'll, I'm not going to use them because I'm going to use them you know, this week. Oh, wait, this week seven, the matchup's really good. Let me wait and save them. So you want to have some strategy in terms of saving teams, but at the same time like the whole goal of the game is to get through this week. And so I, I've kind of adopted that a little bit more just, hey, let's get through here and then we'll try to figure out that, that out down the road. But you also don't want to leave yourself in a spot where you just have nobody left uh, to choose at some point later in the season. There has to be a little thought to it, but I'm not focusing on down the road as much as I did in the past.
2: Okay, for me, it was uh, Ravens in week one, Packers week two, Bengals week three, and Adam, this week, a roll with the Raiders in the Survivor Contest. Do you think that's crazy?
6: Oh, I don't know if it's crazy. I mean, it's a, it's a, like, <laughs> I, I, I know I hate the term so much, but it's must win. I mean, it, look, you want to have your money, and in this case your, your pick, on a team that – needs to win or wants to win or is focused on winning as much as you are. Um, and in this case, like, they have no choice. I mean, <laughs> look ahead. We just, we just right, talked right. about you know, not looking ahead, not thinking about the future, whatever. But the reality of the situation is the Raiders are 0-3 and they have a road game against the Chiefs on Monday Night Football next week. Okay. And then a bye. And if they lose this game, they could very well be 0-5 going into the bye. And that is not what this team expected. It's not what this team was supposed to do. Um, look, I, I wasn't as high on the hype as a lot of other people were before this year, but this is not a team that's supposed to be 0-5 at the bye. And I, I just think that there is a, a growing feeling of this has to get done. Now, I also think if they don't win, it could get real ugly real fast. Um, but I think that there is right now a belief and a desire and a, and a, you know, a drive to find a way to get this win, and I, I think they will. But man, you are—you can really start looking to play against them. I think if they lose this week.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw this on NFL on CBS on Twitter. The Raiders are the first team to be the only 0 3 team in the NFL since the 1959 Lions. Think cool. about that for a <laughs> second. <Cool. laughs> that's there's, a that's a hell, hell a of an accomplishment.
6: Of yeah. Anyway. Yeah, you know, and obviously obviously, you have to say 0-3, because I heard a lot of people say this week they're the only winless team, which is not no. factually correct. 0-3. Right. but one uh, Yeah, the only 0-3 team. And, man, there's so many stats that are ugly for the Raiders. Uh, the grand total of wins for all the teams that have beaten the Raiders this zero. year besides the, besides the Raiders is zero. Uh-huh. None of those teams have beat anybody but the Raiders. That is not a good position to be in for the Raiders right now.
2: And those all those losses were by an average of 16 points per game, too. And, uh, yeah. and those uh, the losses by the teams that beat the Raiders. All right, I'll also say so don't overreact to situations, Adam. This is the last question about this game, because the Raiders, uh, two-and-a-half-point favorites in most spots, three at a few spots here in Vegas, and uh, the Broncos off that uh, just debacle in Denver on Sunday night when they beat the Niners 11-10, uh, to 10, but the Broncos' offense had nine three-and-outs. I don't think the Raiders are as bad as 0-3. Okay, all three losses went down to the wire. And uh, one was in overtime when they blew a 20 to nothing lead. This is still a team with a lot of talent. I'm not saying they're going to turn it around and make the playoffs, but they're not this bad, are they? And what do they have to do to beat the Broncos?
6: Well, I mean, to your point on the, on the first part of that, like they're 0 3, they're the only 0 3 team, but I, I don't think anybody would consider them the worst team in the league right now. I right. mean, their record is the worst record, but I, I don't think anybody would consider them the worst team. Uh, you're right. All three games have come down to the wire. Essentially, the last play of the game. I mean, they came up short on a two point conversion last week that would have tied it. Now they were trailing the whole game, but uh, they could have tied it on overtime. You mentioned that overtime loss with the fumble return. They were basically in field goal range, and the field goal would have won it because it was the second possession. Like, they were right there. And, and Hunter Renfro happened to, you know, I think get a concussion two plays earlier and then still be in the game and fumble. But uh, that was a game that they were right on the verge of winning, that they were up 20 to nothing. And. The first game, they were fell behind and rallied, and they had the ball with a chance to take the lead in the final two minutes, and that drive fell short. So they've been right there. They're they're not a horrible team, uh, but I think that's almost even worse is, is that they're. You mentioned about the Lions. You know, my dad always used to say uh, that they always you know find a way to you know grab defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, and and I think that's kind of where the Raiders are, and that's that's not a position you want to be in. Like you are better than your record is, but the fact is you are finding ways to lose close games and. It's been all different ways. Now, I think one of the positives you can look at is there's been one half in each game this year that they have been a very dominant team. They were a dominant team in the second half of Week 1, a dominant team in the first half of Week 2, and a dominant team in the second half of Week 3. Uh, you need to find a way to play consistently. Uh, all those things are encouraging, but at the same time, it tells you that there is something seriously wrong here. So um, I don't want to get too carried away with the fact that they're not you know, the worst team, that they're not what their record is, that they're better than that. But I also don't want to get too carried away and say they're, you know, a sleeping giant is ready to break out. I don't think that's the case either. But I do think they find a way to win tomorrow. I think, you know, obviously the Broncos have had trouble scoring, especially in the red zone. I mean, the Raiders can't score in the red zone, but they're 46%. The the Broncos, I think, are 14. Uh, That's insanely bad. Uh, These are two two teams that just move the ball but can't score in the red zone. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be like 24-21, eight field goals to seven uh, tomorrow, (laughs) but I think somehow, some way, the Raiders find a way to win.
1: Hey, of one team that's playing consistently well all season thus far, of course the Eagles, and they're laying six and a half to the Jags in this one, and that total sit around 45 and a half. I originally thought I might play the over in this one, but the weather potentially bad uh, throughout of this contest, so of course I, I can't get involved there. But, you know, they've been crushing it on offense, obviously. They're, they're number one on defense and passing yards per play. Are you looking to side with the Eagles to stay hot, or do you think Doug Peterson coming back to his old stomping grounds can get his team yet to play a little bit above their heads one more week?
6: I'm actually a little bit upset with how good the Eagles have been uh, because they, they were uh, they were my pick to win the NFC. Um, so I, I don't like that they're peaking very early. It's just, it's peaking. I love how they're playing. Um, but here's the thing. I love the Eagles. Uh, as I said, I picked them to win the NFC. Uh, I think they're a legitimate contender to win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, but I really, really like the Jaguars. I, I actually thought the Jaguars were an outside threat to make the playoffs. And now, like, that's not even an outside threat. Like, they're, they're a team that absolutely could be in the mix. Uh, to make the playoffs in that division and and in the AFC in general, I, I like what they're doing. Uh, I really like what they're doing against the run. I mean, they're they're just stopping people. So uh, I I think that they are able to keep the game close, especially if the weather limits uh, the the you know Jalen Hurts in the passing game. Uh, I think it's going to be real tough sledding on the ground against the Jaguars, and uh, I I think that they have enough to not only stay in the game but potentially even pull an upset here. So I I do like the Jaguars plus the points.
2: Adam Hill, Las Vegas Review-Journal NFL writer with us, and uh, he's still alive in the Circus Survivor Contest, and the Packers are your pick this week. The Packers are the uh, number one consensus pick by about 700 contestants this week. That's almost half the field. In the final minute here, Adam, how do you think the Patriots-Packers game is going to play out with Green Bay a -a nine-and-a-half-point home favorite?
6: Yeah, I mean, I don't see a whole lot of points being scored for sure. Uh, You know, the Packers defense, as much as you know, we talked about Aaron Rodgers, and we knew there'd be some adjustment period. The Packers defense is what I like here, especially against uh, against Hoyer. I, I don't know what they can do offensively uh, with New England, even with Jones, they can't do much offensively. So uh, I I just like the Packers to, to limit them on the board. I don't think the Patriots break 13 points in this game. I think 21-13. That's what I'm looking at. Uh, might might be able to keep it somewhat close, but uh, the Packers, I don't think. Are in much danger of losing, and that's the worst thing I've ever said because I'm, <laughs> play this match, but
2: I'm not that a survivor. He just jinxed it.
6: <laughs> you're going to have to. Can you dump that? Can you dump that, please? I don't
2: <laughs> I can tell you, you're going to have to sweat this one out Sunday afternoon. No, no, no doubt no. about it. You're going to have to sweat out this uh, Patriots Packers game. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate the time.
6: Of course, anytime we talk to you.
2: Adam Hill, Las Vegas Review Journal. Follow him at Adam Hill LVRJ. Covers the Raiders. And uh, Scott, we're going to take a quick break. You're on fire. Here he
1: goes again. Talk and, about Jinx oh, in the
2: football contest. 14 <laughs> and 2. Scott Sprites. We're gonna come back here. His best <sighs> bets next. Used to like you. <laughs>
8: Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films, and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN,
0: the sports betting network.
2: Snack time meets game time with the Frito-Lay snacks and snaps series. Join six free fantasy football contests and draft your best lineups to fight for a share of $120,000 in total cash prizes, $120,000. Head to DraftKings.com slash Frito-Lay now to get in on the action. Frito-Lay, food for the fun of it. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details as always. Matt Eumann, Scott Spreitzer back here, NFL preview show on the eve of uh, the fourth Sunday of the season. Paul Bovey, who's a professional sports bettor from Vegas, I think he's wandering around Mexico as we speak. <laughs> um,
1: he's in the Western Hemisphere tonight, huh? Yeah,
2: he's <laughs> he's actually watching uh, this show and he texted in a prediction, Cowboys 15, Commodores 13 All righty, uh, we'll for tomorrow. It. I think you'll take that because you're on the dog in that game.
1: I'm on the dog in that game. I'm also uh, uh, have a ton of respect for Paul Bovey, not just because he's on Washington, uh, but uh, Paul Bovey is a heck of a handicapper. And uh, I'm just surprised, like you said, I mean, he's in the Western Hemisphere. I mean, he could be anywhere. (laughs) I think he did about six months in Southeast Asia last year Mm -hmm. or the year before. But uh, what a great guy and and a great handicapping mind, especially in the NBA.
2: So uh, you're happy that, He's uh, predicting the Cowboys. To be he's the he's one of the few guys out by there. Yeah. He's
1: one of the few guys out there who, uh, when he says something like that, I'm I'm like a little bit pumped about it that he's on my side. So
2: okay, well let's talk about this because you had a winner Thursday night. You played the Bengals, and uh, I don't like to play the Thursday night games, mm-hmm. but uh, I was on the Bengals with you. I just didn't play it in the contest. I don't like to put the contest plays in on Thursday. You made an exception this week. You put your contest plays in early. Paid off because you got a winner with the Bengals. That puts you at 14 and two in the Westgate Super Contest, on the Circa Millions Contest. And, uh, Scott, um, what's the secret to your success? No, I'm kidding. We cover the spread. <laughs> you get the right, hey, listen, I had Arizona against the
1: Raiders, so there you go.
2: I had I, the Raiders. That was an easy win. I'm 12-3 and three going into uh, this week, and that Raiders loss still bothers me. Hopefully uh, those clowns can get one back for me tomorrow. We, anyway. had
1: a, we had a 16th place finish a few years ago when, uh-huh. when Westgate was you know 4,500 or 4,000. Uh, 4,000 entries and uh, it was nice a nice payoff obviously, but you know, I do my we I sit with my my partner in this and we do We do our stuff on Wednesdays. We've got all our games done by Wednesday night I I can't remember the last time when we hadn't decided who we were using in a contest Past Wednesday night, Mm -hmm. so we're basically done by Wednesday Um, although you like to sit around and look and check out injuries and things of that nature We're both so situational to a certain extent. I mean, my partner is a lot more situational than I am. I I do factor in matchups a little bit. But, Matt, the biggest change for me over the years has been, if you would have asked me 10, 12 years ago about the NFL, your percentage of your handicap on matchups, your percentage on situations, would have probably been about 70, 30 matchups. And I would say over the last eight, nine years, it's the other way around. Mm -hmm. It's at least 70 to 80% situational. So it helps a lot, and it keeps you from getting too caught up in is this guy playing? Is that guy playing? That kind of stuff. Now, obviously, if it's a quarterback, uh, you want to know. But outside of that, there's not a lot of guys out there that I'm like worried about other than cluster injuries to
2: certain positions. Well, so I'm on the Raiders this week. I don't like it that Hunter Renfro is out, but that's not going to get me off the play. Like you said, I'm primarily a situational handicapper in the NFL, and I think that's the best way to attack it, sure. like you say. so. All right, so tell us what else. And by by the way, can you say who your partner is? Do you want to say or not? Sure,
1: absolutely. Big Al McMorty. Oh, Big Al. Friend of mine for over 20 years. Okay. Uh, One of the sharpest. You know, he's in that Mark Lawrence uh, kind of handicapping. He's 100% situational. He'll call me and I'll say, you know, only eight players are going to start on offense this week. I don't care. (laughs) I'm (laughs) I'm exaggerating. Uh, But he won the Stardust a few years ago, you know, several years ago. So he's been one of my uh, close friends now for a good 20, 25 years. And, in fact, the West Coast-East Coast thing, we used his database to come up with that, that 40-year thing, when we both thought, okay, this sounds a little bit too good to be true a few years ago, put it together on his database, and that's what it fired out. So, uh, anyway, we were talking on Wednesday, and we came up with uh, the Bengals on Thursday night to kick things off, and it wasn't as easy as the final score would indicate if you happened no, to see the final score, and that was it. So, I
2: watched it. I sweated that one out, too, with you. Uh, if your name is Al, it's always better if your nickname is Big Al and not Weird Al. You don't want to be Weird Al.
1: <laughs> well, you know, there's been times when I've accused him of costing us a couple wins, and we call him Weird. But, uh,
2: no, he's, Big he's Al with guy. Morty, uh, I know him too. He's a good handicap, right? So uh, your card, tell us uh, the rest of it. it's just important to point out here. It's not just Scott's Westgate Super Contest card. You're going to use the same plays in the millions each week, right?
1: Yeah, for me, it's one of those things, and, and Al kind of believes this too. We were just talking about it the other night where – if we are in the running for any kind of decent money at the end of the season, that's about the time we might start, you know, maybe a couple of different plays on one card as opposed to the other. Uh, but until then, we play basically the same five plays every week. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've got uh, the Chargers, I've got the Commanders, the Cardinals, and the Patriots are the other four plays left to go after Cincy on Thursday night. And uh, boy, I'm going against a couple of guys that we've had on the show tonight who I highly respect. You know, Will Hill being one of those guys and we're kind of butting heads on that Chargers play. So uh, it's a situation though where I just think they're going to be able to run the football against a bad Houston run defense. That'll give, you know, Herbert a little bit more time to throw this week. And then I look at Houston and I put their strong defensive numbers um, a little bit into context. They faced Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan wasn't playing well at Mm -hmm. the time, obviously. That team was on a different page. They faced Russell Wilson. We've talked about Russell Wilson and his struggles. And they faced Justin Fields, That's three guys who are really struggling to put the ball in the air and complete passes on a consistent basis. So you see how great their numbers are against the pass, and then you look at those quarterbacks, and I'm like, all right, if the Chargers can run the football at all this week, I don't care. You don't got to run six yards per play. Run 3.7 or eight yards per play, effective rushing yards, and you can kind of maybe give Herbert a little bit of time to complete some passes. So And then maybe Eckler and Sonny Michel Who, what, combined for nine carries last week? Mm -hmm. Maybe can give these guys 25 carries combined this week. Might not be a bad idea, so I do like him in that game.
2: Boy, the Chargers were just completely out of sync from the start in that game against the Jaguars last week, which is okay with me because I was on the Jaguars. But Mm -hmm. I think uh, maybe Justin Herbert's status threw that team uh, out of sync anyway because there was an announcement about two hours before kickoff in the stadium that Chase Daniel was the starting quarterback. And about... Half hour after that, news came out. Justin Herbert's cleared. He's going to be the starting quarterback. The Chargers are now beat up with uh, more injuries. It's not just quarterback. Sure. Joey Boza's out. It seems like, doesn't it seem like every week you get a Watt or a Boza brother <laughs> that limps off the field? Absolutely. Huh?
1: And that's not something that you overlook because he is so dominant at his position. Sure. But I look at the team they're going against, and I don't think it's going to be as big of a deal this week as if they were going up against one of the top offenses in the league. But... uh yeah, it's never easy pulling the trigger on the Chargers, especially as a road favorite, especially right. with this coaching staff. You mentioned what happened last week, and I, I you know, I, I give coaches, coaches credit, like I'll say a lot of times, like, okay, they just announced on Saturday morning for Sunday that they're going to not play the normal starting quarterback. They're going to play a backup because of injury. And I always say, well, listen, the coaches knew this. They knew this on Tuesday or Wednesday, mm-hmm. you know, and so it's not that big of a deal. But I can't give this coaching staff that kind of credit. I don't know that they knew that Herbert was going to start that game until they announced it. Uh, but the bottom line is, is I think it threw them off. I think they get back on track here. If I lose, guess what? It won't be the first time. It won't be the last time. Uh, but they are a play. And we've talked about the common, uh, the Commanders, and I played... <laughs> I, you almost got me. We've talked about the Commanders, and uh, the now, that I, now that I got Paul Bovey on my side, I, I really yeah. like the Commanders here. So
2: I was going to say, what else do you like about the play? Because to me, the line just uh, kind of reeks when you're looking at this. Washington yeah. being a... I made the number four. Uh, I saw three, and it's not moving off three, and that kind of tells me, all right, the Commodores might be the right side here. But their quarterback, <laughs> there's nothing that's really, uh, no, no real evidence from the last couple of weeks that would say, yeah, I got to jump on this team now because Carson Wentz just got sacked nine times. Yeah, you divisional know? team. And with that's a one loss, thing yeah. Dallas yeah. defense does. Uh, exactly, Dallas, they, they get, get, get after get... the quarterback like the Eagles do.
1: And I, I think because of that, you have a game plan. Now, I don't have a problem with the Washington coaching staff. And like you do with you know with the Chargers. Right. But it's one of those things where you've had a whole week knowing that you have got to protect the quarterback maybe more in this game than any game you've played thus far because of the stats coming into this particular game. So I think they'll take care of that a little bit. I think you play action a little bit more if you're Washington in this game. And then like I said, you know, earlier, before they played Philly last week, Carson Wentz was playing well. Mm-hmm. 650 passing yards in two games, 66% completion rate, seven to three touchdown-to-INT ratio, none of those numbers are bad. He just got eaten up, as did the offensive line by Philly. And as good as Dallas can be on the defensive front and getting to the quarterback, I still think it's a situation where they bounce back this week because they're going to be focused on it for what they did last week against Philly, plus knowing that you're going up against a team that can drop the clutch
2: and get after a quarterback. All right, so Scott Spreitzer's uh, first three plays here, Bengals minus four winner, Chargers minus five, Commanders plus three against the Cowboys and you got about 40 seconds here to talk about the last two. We've talked about every game on this card tonight so a summary Cardinals plus one, Patriots plus nine and a half.
1: Yeah and I'd say the one we talked most about were the Patriots and I Mm -hmm. think that uh, Hoyer isn't a bad go-to guy here because he knows exactly what Belichick wants to do. He's been there for a while. Belichick will junk it up just like he does when he's at a less advantage when it comes to the level of talent that he's going up against, and I'm not impressed at all, as is anybody with the uh, the Green Bay Packers offense. And then finally, the Cardinals uh, over Carolina. Who do you want? Do you want Baker Mayfield? Do you want the kid out of Zona? I, I want him, you know. I-, I want a guy who comes out there and who can give your team a chance to make plays, to extend drives, even when receivers aren't open. Baker Mayfield's just not my guy, so
2: there you go. All right, that's Scott Spreicher. He's 14-2 in the uh, Westgate Super Contest in Circuit Millions. Quick break, we come back. We're going to focus on the primetime games one more time. Chiefs, Bucks, Rams, Niners. Stay tuned back here in a few minutes.
0: This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting network.
2: believe it or not the NHL season is almost here and our hockey betting experts are ready for the action the vN hockey season prep guide there it is you can see the cover of the Colorado Avalanche this is a must-have guide if you're going to bet hockey give yourself an edge this season get the vcent hockey season prep guide become a vcent pro subscriber today at slash subscribe all right Matt human Scott sprites are back here from the Circus Studio. And Scott, we continue to uh, preview NFL week four. I want to tell you another good way to get uh, ready for the NFL betting action each week is the Pro Football Betting Podcast. VSIN has a new one to help you bet on the NFL's biggest games. VSIN's Pro Football Betting Podcast puts out three episodes each week. We thoroughly cover every pro game. Danny Burke is a host. We have several VSIN analysts give their insights. On betting spreads, totals, props, and futures every Monday, Thursday, and Friday. I do this podcast with uh, Danny Burke every Wednesday afternoon. We preview the Thursday game. This week, Scott, we talked about the Bengals. I said, if you play it, lay it uh, with the Bengals. And then you had to sweat it out, too. Yeah. Uh, but download and subscribe to Vsin Pro Football Betting Podcast wherever you get your podcast, And also go to vsin.com. You can find everything up there on our website, which has uh, got a ton of great betting information. It's a much-improved website over uh, what it was, I would say, even a year or two ago, or especially five and a half years ago when we um, fired that thing up here at B All right, uh, Scott, let's uh, talk about the primetime games, NFL Week 4. Sunday night's a good one between the Chiefs and the Bucs. We've talked about this a couple times during the show. Uh, but you and I both lean to the Buccaneers in this game. And uh, Chuck Edel in the Circa Friday Football Invitational as a best bet on the Buccaneers. One of your colleagues at Doc Sports chimed in on uh, Twitter today uh, when he saw Chuck Edel's best bet, and he said, Tony George, and he said, I'm afraid Chuck has got a loser with the Buccaneers. Hmm. So Tony is on the Chiefs, apparently. Tony George on the Chiefs. You and I lean to the Bucs. And right now, the betters lean a little bit to the Bucs, who are one-point favorites, total of 45 in Tampa on Sunday night. Why do you lean to the Bucs? I know this is kind of a, a coin flip game, too, and that's why it's not on my card it's not one of my five favorites, but it's a lean. Let's put it that way. If, if I couldn't come up with a, a fifth play, I would consider the Bucs here.
1: I, I like the defensive matchup here for Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mentioned earlier in the show that they're allowing just 0.75 points per drive. Yeah. And I'm not thrilled with Kansas City's offense right now. They're not taking as many shots deep downfield that we've seen them do in the, in the past. And, of course, they don't have the speed burner at wide receiver that we saw in the past either for Patrick Mahomes to get the ball to. They just seem for one of the few times since patrick mahomes took over the starting quarterback position it seems like they're just a little bit off sync Mm -hmm. you know a little out of sync a little off the same page when it comes to what's going on on the sideline compared to what's getting to Mahomes of the huddle and 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 then to his receivers and then on the flip side i do like the fact that brady is likely to get back a couple of his receivers not just mike evans who missed the game last week due to suspension but you know i really think that godwin or julio jones are both are going to go because they did see some practice snaps throughout the course of the week. They're both listed as questionable before we jumped on the air tonight. And uh, Devon, Donovan Smith, by the way, I, I I don't know if I mentioned him when we were talking about the game earlier, but having him back at tackle is a huge safety blanket for Tom Brady, mm-hmm. both when he's passing the ball because he is so stationary, but also the running game too for Tampa Bay. And maybe Fournette can get a few more holes than he got last week when he got none, basically. So I, I like it for those reasons. And I, I just think it's a, a really good spot to jump in on Tampa Bay if you're going to be on them now. As far as Tony's concerned, I, I've never told anybody that you've got a loser. I've never done that to anybody before <laughs> Before a game starts. I've lost enough games myself that I thought I was going to win to where I've never done that. But I will say this. He could have been tongue-in-cheek because he is a big Kansas City Chiefs fan okay, and okay. Uh, and, and spent a lot of years living
2: in KC, so it could have been that. I was going to say, I didn't realize Tony George knew who was going to win the uh, Chiefs-Bucks game tomorrow night. I don't know, but we got to give him a call. Is that man, his play he's... of the month? Game of the
1: month? <laughs> I have no idea. I do know. Could have been tongue-in-cheek. He is a big Chiefs fan, so maybe there's that. Okay, yeah.
2: That probably explains it. I hope that's that. <laughs> the Bucks could not run the ball last week. Now, the offensive line's beat up, and like you said, Donovan Smith could make a difference. Leonard Fournette, 12 carries for 35 yards. The team had 34 rushing yards uh, last week, and Russell Gage was the uh, top receiver for the Bucs. Yep. If you think about what the Buccaneers receiving core has been for the last two years— you don't have Mike. You don't have uh, uh, Mike Evans out there. You don't, you don't have Chris Godwin, and you're, you got Tom Brady trying to make things work with uh, Russell Gage and uh, Cole Beasley, who's just signed off the street. You know, yeah. and you don't have Gronk either. So it's it's a totally different situation. And but, Beasley's
1: in his second week now with the team, which right. you know he was making. <clears> I mean, Brady was on his case last week during the game, so that that doesn't hurt to have him there too. And you've got a new guy in Gage who you know you can count on, hopefully, going forward if you're. Mm-hmm. If you're Brady, plus
2: again, a couple of guys coming back this week. But the thing that impressed me most about Tampa Bay is that defense. Oh, yeah. And uh, they're going to win a lot of games simply because that defense is so good. And we saw the Tampa Bay defense shut down Dallas and New Orleans in the first two weeks of the season on that road trip.
1: You got a head coach. I know they talk about Arians being the consultant and all that kind of stuff, but you got a head coach who knows a thing or two about a Mm. thing or two about defense. And what I like about it is, I mean, they're not even halfway through the game, they're not waiting until intermission. And guess what? They made adjustments on defense that squashed Green Bay about midway through the second quarter for the rest of the football game. So that's what I like about, you know, Tom Brady doesn't need a whole lot of help from his coaching staff when it comes to offense and how to drive a team downfield, make adjustments during the course of the game. But he has no say on the defensive side. And they've got a coaching staff that's really good at that. So, you know, I mean, it sounds like we're building a case to even play the Buccaneers a little bit more than we have. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get caught up with that. But, uh, But I do think they're the right side of this game.
2: Okay, every Sunday night and Monday night, it's like clockwork, Scott. I get texts to pop into my phone. Who do you like tonight? Who do you like? What do you like? You know, side or total? Do you have a play? Do you have a play on tonight's game? Everybody wants to bet these primetime games. I understand it. But here's a pro tip. Don't force a play on Sunday night or Monday night football if you don't have a strong opinion pregame. Now, this is not the first time somebody's ever said this. Mm -hmm. I'm not uh, reinventing the wheel to... uh, Use a lame cliche, but live betting can always be a better option. And you don't have to bet the Sunday night and Monday night game if you don't have a strong opinion. So that's kind of a, a a pro tip that sometimes seems rather obvious, but I think a lot of people forget every Sunday night and Monday night just based on the number of texts I get from people wanting a play on that game. And you know you've worked in the sports services industry for a long time. Those are hot plays to give out. Uh, if you got something on Sunday and Monday night, you got plenty of customers who want to play on those games. Oh, gosh. Right?
1: You know, here's the thing. I mean, you know, obviously no secret. I've got clients. I give them games. I'm going to tell you this. I'm, I don't remember ever forcing a Sunday night or a Monday night game. I I probably play, this might be a bad promo for me, but I probably play about six Monday night football games per year. Mm-hmm. And and I'm not involved in this one. I do have a lean on this game, which we're going to talk about in just a second. But, but um, you know, you mentioned in-game betting week 2 this this year when we had the two games on monday night uh i thought that was a perfect example maybe going back to that of in game betting because buffalo was off that outstanding performance in week 1 a lot of times teams will come out and not be even near nearly as good or nearly as bad as they played in week 1 and i didn't play the game and then i'm thinking wow i mean that was over with in a hurry and you could have done some in game stuff in that one without being on the game pregame because you weren't really sure again if buffalo was as good as they had looked the previous week so that's an example of jumping in on a game when, I mean, you could see things going right their way. I don't care how great of a mathematician you are, Steve Fezzik. You might have had them that night. You might have found ways to calculate and find ways to go with Tennessee, and i have given Steve a lot of credit. a big fan of his style of handicapping, but the bottom line is you could see the way that what game was going. So I think that's a great tip. As far as this game is concerned, I just decided to hold off. The one thing that I like about San Francisco, if I did decide to add this game, which I'm not going to, but – it would be the fact the style of defense they play does drive Matthew Stafford crazy when he does have bad Mm -hmm. games, which is get to the quarterback, put pressure on them with your down linemen, not with the blitz, and they don't have to bring an extra man to get consistent pressure on on an opposing quarterback. And and we're going to see if Matthew Stafford, after all these years, being in the NFC West now the last couple of years, if he's made the adjustment to be able to handle that. So far throughout his career, he's struggled against defenses like this.
2: Uh, Stafford at this point has thrown five picks through the Rams three games and Cooper Cup's really been his go-to guy and he doesn't really have a second go-to guy. I guess (laughs) Cooper Cup's got 28 receptions. Tight end Tyler Higby is the number two receiver and uh, right now the Rams I think just a little bit too one-dimensional on offense. They rank 30th in rushing offense, 72 yards per game. Uh, So it's kind of like Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and that's it. They don't have uh, much diversity in their uh, offensive attack right now. And that's what I don't like about the Rams in this game. But we're going to talk about that a little bit more in the next segment because I did use a contest play on this Monday night game. And by the way, uh, we appreciate all the guests who joined us on the show tonight Chuck Esposito, the Red Rock Sportsbook Director. How about Mark Lawrence of Playbook.com? Yeah. Mark's got a best bet in the Circuit Friday football invitational. On the 49ers on All Monday right. night. That's Go his get best man. bet in the contest. A Will Hill, the v analyst, and a Adam Hill of the Las Vegas Review-Journal Loaded show tonight. We also heard from Bill Belichick and Cynthia Freeland. How's that? It's a
1: great show. <laughs> I got to apologize to Mark real quick. I used to call him a legend, and then I realized as I got older, that just makes you feel old when somebody's calling you a legend of uh, the business. I don't but
2: think you have to apologize. That
1: voice, man, that voice. My
2: gosh, Mark Lawrence. He says he's been married for 55, 55 years. years. Yeah. That's incredible. Back in a couple minutes with uh, My Best Bets.
8: Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films, and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is Sunday Bet Prep with Matt Humans on VEASAN, the sports betting
1: network.
2: One more time, kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Your go to sportsbook for every line boost and special is Bet Rivers. Get ready for week four with Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurance offers every Sunday, and that's all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs. If it loses, get your stake back as a free bet up to $25. All right, now get ready for the uh, Chiefs Bucks game on Sunday night because you can wager on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday Night Football, and you get your money back as a free bet if they score at any time during the game. Head to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app. It's a whole new game. That's the BetRivers Sportsbook at BetRivers.com. Matt, you and Scott Sprites are back here as we wrap up Sunday bet prep. And, uh, Scott, we've uh, talked about every game on the card. We're going to get to uh, my best bets now, but uh, one more time I want to mention – but Scott Spreitzer's 14-2 and in the <laughs> Westgate Super Contest. <laughs> oh, my God! And the Circa Millions Contest. This guy is on fire. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and one more time, seriously, though, before we get to my best bets, for anybody who missed it, uh, the Bengals are on your card, so you, you kicked off this week with a winner. Right. The other four plays on your card.
1: You know, you might be hurting yourself here. The gambling gods, they're a fickle bunch. <laughs> and, you know, they might they might feel sorry for me a little bit here tonight because – You've been picking on me quite a bit with that 14-2. Oh, I'm
2: trying to <laughs> build you up. Yeah. We're come, early in a contest gonna, against
1: each other here, so. I'm
2: going to come up with a nickname for you, something like the Wonder Dog. Is, oh, is that my, the
1: Wonder Dog. Is, is that taken? <laughs> if it's not, I still don't want it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, what are the other four plays on your card?
1: Uh, boy, now you're going to make me remember here. Um, Chargers. Chargers. Patriots. Cardinals, Patriots. Commanders. Commanders, commanders. There you go. There's the okay. other four. So we are in agreement here. I mean, you better be careful because we're both on the Patriots here. So,
2: yeah. And early in the week, and a lot of times, what you play in a contest might be a little bit different than what you bet out of your pocket. So I bet two games out of my pocket early in the week, and uh, that was Patriots plus ten and a half, and Raiders minus two, and I got pretty good numbers on those early in the week. Right now, you could uh, you can find Raiders minus three out there, minus two and a half for three. But that Patriots number, about ten and a half, it was actually DraftKings opened 11 they? on yeah. Sunday night. And uh, that ten and a half is still out there as of Tuesday morning. But the tens are gone now. Nine and a half is the best number out there. That's the contest number two, Patriots plus nine and a half. Scott, I still think there's a pretty good shot you're going to see tens pop up on the Patriots tomorrow. What do you think? Yeah, I
1: wouldn't be shocked. I think as the day wears closer to the actual kickoff, you're going to see a lot of folks coming in and laying rather than taking in that game, especially once everybody starts thinking about who's playing quarterback opposite Aaron Rodgers. Mm-hmm. It'll start being one of those deals where they'll start jumping on it. And uh, and there's a lot of Bill Belichick haters out there who just seem to bet with their hearts over their heads a lot of times. So I can see that getting back to 10 with a whole lot of tickets coming in on the favorite.
2: Well, he's not the same Belichick, that's for sure. And we we didn't talk about this with uh, Adam Hill. We got close to it. But you look at the Raiders' schedule, and if they lose this week and then they lose at Kansas City, you're talking about a team that's 0-5 going to the bye yeah. week. And then uh, you were laughing about this during the break. Now the Patriots can get their offensive coordinator back. Yeah. Josh, they can have <laughs> Josh McDaniels back. And Matt Patricia doesn't have to call the plays anymore for the Patriots. There's a
1: great right? meme out there I saw uh, after <laughs> last week's games when the Raiders lost again, and it said the reason Bill Belichick hasn't hired an offensive coordinator is because he knows Josh McDaniels will be there in about week six. So there you go, <laughs> man. You know, I mean, it's he better win this week because the the, the seats are already getting warm, and uh, there's a lot of people thinking, and not just Vegas people. There's a lot of people out there thinking the Raiders had a great shot to go deep into the postseason this mm-hmm. year, and they might not even make it now.
2: wow well, they're not gonna make it. Uh, I think since 2019, 27 teams in the NFL have opened 0-2, and, mm-hmm. and 27 missed the playoffs. Yeah, that's, you know It's that's, not going to happen. Raiders are 0-3, and, 3, <laughs> and uh, in the AFC this year, they're not going to rally to make the playoffs. I thought they could before the season, but when you blow a 20-0 to halftime lead at home to the Cardinals, that pretty much defines your season right there. It's going to be hard to dig out of that hole. That's one of my and, outstanding uh, uh,
1: plays this year, Arizona. I, yeah. Adam, where we wanted them early. You
2: handicapped that one to the i T. I'll
1: tell you what about the Raiders, uh-huh. though. If they're out of it and, you know, they're having a bad season and they're clearly out of it, there'll be a team that'll be looking to play down the stretch. I love those ugly teams that came mm-hmm. up short uh, that all of a sudden the lines are over-adjusted a little bit. You can play on them, so that'll be down the road. One of those pro tips. You're talking about a Raiders them. team that won 10 games last season. A lot of close stuff, though. A lot of, uh-huh. you know... I thought they. By the way,
2: the Raiders last season. You're you're right about the close games. Raiders trailed in 15 of 17 games last year.
1: Well, they had a coach that everybody was on the same page with, Brasha, Mm -hmm. right? And and uh, and and so it was one of those things that where everything came together. And I really, really got to appreciate the way the players and the coaching staff were able to keep things together after all the stuff they went through early in the season. But again, man, it's like turnovers. It's you know, one year you're great in turnover margin. The next week you come back. You know, to the medium, and that's kind of what's going on with the Raiders right now. You had all those close wins, trailing in all those games, as you just mentioned, mm-hmm. and now it's kind of coming back at them, and, and it's unfortunate because we would all like to see them do well, but I think you're on the right side here. It would be the Raiders or
2: nothing for me in that game. Well, we're both situational handicappers in the NFL, and this uh, the situations point to the Raiders. Absolutely, as <laughs> big one, as it gets. There's no question <laughs> about it. All right, let's look at um, my five plays in the contest, and uh, Mean Machine is the name of my uh, circuit entry. And the five plays here, I put these in last night after the show. And uh, the Vikings minus two and a half. And uh, that was one of the ones I wavered on a little bit. But with the Saints injuries, Michael Thomas being out, I don't think there's much of a drop-off, and maybe no drop-off, from Jameis Winston to Andy Dalton. Yeah. So that's not a big deal for me. But, Scott, it is a good number. And the last time Kirk Cousins played in London, he passed for 458 (laughs) yards. And I do think the Vikings are a little bit better than the Saints team, especially the way the Saints are playing right now. This is not the same Alvin Camaro. No. This offense is out of sync. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Vikings minus two and a half. And you're seeing that number right now at some books. I think you're, we're starting to see some three and a halves uh, pop up. That's going to be a really early morning kickoff, 6:30 here on the uh, West Coast. There are three and a halves that popped up at several books, including DraftKings right now. So. Uh, I'm weighing the number on the better side of three here if you're playing the favorite, Vikings minus two and a half.
1: I can make no argument for New Orleans. You know, Minnesota's weakness <clears> is they've given up a ton of yardage on defense, but I'm not so sure the <laughs> Saints can challenge Minnesota. And then on the flip side, the Saints have just had no pass rush. Right. You know, and if you're going to beat the Vikings, you got to get after Kirk Cousins, and he's playing well. So uh, I'm with you there, Vikings are nothing. And, and we saw it go to three and a half today after they uh, confirmed that it was going to be Andy Dalton. I'm like you, though. I don't see a difference right now between – This Jameis Winston and Andy Dalton, I don't see that being a drop-off. So uh, Mm -hmm. the Vikings are the play, though, I think, in
2: this one, too. Uh, This one, this is the last play I added to my card, Steelers minus three. And uh, I did it, I just talked, I kind of talked myself into it because I don't like Zach Wilson anyway. And he's back, and I think that makes the Jets a bet against. He has not played since the first preseason game. And the Steelers are not putting the same type of pressure on the quarterback without T.J. Watt out there, but they are pretty solid on the back end of that defense, their mm-hmm. pass coverage is pretty good, and I think this has got to be uh, sort of a get right game. Mitchell Trubisky's got to wake up this sleepy Steelers offense, or he's going to be uh, losing his job soon as a starting quarterback. But I think this is a game where the Steelers can get it together. You got to win this home game against the Jets. You got to win okay. this one at home against the Jets, and I think the Steelers are one and 2 uh, We'll get it done. And also, by the way, that number has moved to three and a half at several books too, so got the better of it. That doesn't mean you're going to uh, put it in the win column. But just... They're
1: banged up up front, too, talking about the Jets, the offensive oh, left yeah. tackle position. And I was going to say this. The thing that kept me off of this game, Trubisky, five yards per pass and a 77 mm-hmm. QBR probably scares sure. you a little bit. But uh, we've seen it all the season so far, man. These, these quarterbacks who didn't get much action in preseason come out in their first time out week one, as we mm-hmm. saw, and struggle. And that'll probably be the same case for Zach Wilson. Uh, okay. You're going 5-0, and oh, man. That's all I'm going to say. I
2: went 5-0 Not... and oh last week. Oh, you're and going 5-0 you ten... oh
1: again. That's right. You went 5-0 and oh last
2: week. Yeah, you're That's trying right, to yeah. jinx me. Okay, Raiders, <laughs> minus 2.5. We, I we think we've talked about enough about that. I was really <laughs> hoping the contest line was going to be 10 on the Patriots, but I sure. knew we wouldn't get it. Patriots plus 9.5 is a play. And then Monday night, I am going with the Niners, minus 1.5. And, a half. and uh, I don't have a, a bunch of reasons why, uh, but Kyle Shanahan did win six in a row against Sean McVay before losing that NFC title game. And I think... As poorly as the uh, 49ers played offensively Sunday night in Denver, you're going to see them turn things around a little bit. Get the ball in Debo Samuel's hands. George Kittle is back now, second game back. That's going to be a boost to the offense to have the big tight end out there. And Scott, I really don't like the way the Rams are playing right now. It's a one-dimensional offense, and uh, I don't see a lot of positives with the Rams.
1: One-dimensional offense that's going up against a defense that gives that kind of offense a problem, as we mentioned earlier with Stafford and what he's going to face, you know. I ended up going against San Francisco last week and you just said how poorly they played and yet they probably should have won that football game when it was ten to five and I kept thinking they're gonna score a touchdown on me here. I actually turn it off. I'm not a guy who screams and yells when you're losing. I just <laughs> turn it off. And then I look at the score, you know, when I think the game's gonna be final and I saw eleven to ten. So they played that badly, but still should have won that game.
2: Occasionally, I'll, I'll change a pick or two in the uh, from the circuit contest. So I, I put that card in Friday nights, and the Westgate card I put in Saturday afternoon. Uh, I'm 11 and four in the circuit, 12 and three in the Westgate contest. And that week two, I took the Raiders out of the circuit picks and put in the Cowboys. So that, that's the difference nice. right there. Nice. Uh, anyway. Nice. win. <laughs> All right, for Scott Spritzer, Matt humans This wraps up Sunday bet prep. Have a winning weekend.